0: Good morning, Edinburgh. Man, it's good to be here with you. Is it good to be a church? Good to be a church. Amen. It's good. And if you're watching online, so glad that you're tuned in as well. You're part of what's going on here. Uh, I can't tell you, going through this pandemic and everything that we're dealing with in culture today, it's just uh, more and more, at least, my heart is appreciative of having a church family to be a part of. And if I haven't told you in a while, guys, I love you. You know that? Your pastor loves you. I love this church. Uh, so thankful to be on mission together uh, with, with all of you. Um, we are in a series right now called Always Prepared. And uh, we've been talking about, th- th- God gives us his word because he wants to equip us. He wants to equip us to be able to handle challenges that are going to come our way. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a matter of of, of if just it's a matter of you know when we're going to experience challenges in this world, but God gives us His word to equip us to handle those challenges, and He also wants to equip us to step into opportunities. God gives us uh, will give us each opportunities in life. He will. If you're a follower of Christ, I can tell you, God will give you some kind of opportunity, something that plays a part of living for his kingdom purpose. And he wants to equip you so that you are ready and able to step in to that opportunity. I just believe um, that the more prepared we are for life, the more equipped we are by God's word, the more we're going to be able to enjoy the adventure that God calls each of us to as his Followers, as his worshipers, as his believers, okay? And uh, this morning, we're going to talk about being prepared for difficult people. How do I deal with difficult people in my life? I remember when I was uh, a, a child, uh, I was at a friend's house, and his parents had this cactus. And so naturally, I, I had never seen a cactus before. I mean, I'd maybe seen him in cartoons and things like that. So naturally, what what, what did I want to do? I wanted to go and touch this cactus. And so I ran over, and of course, I saw the big spikes sticking out of this cactus. So I knew not to touch the big spikes, but those of you who are like cactus experts, right, you know that it's not just the big spikes you got to watch out for, right? So I touched the cactus only to realize it had thousands of little needles That caused me to yelp. And so I learned a valuable lesson. One, that my dad wouldn't hesitate using a pocket knife to dig those needles out. And two, that cactus are prickly. (laughs) Cactus are prickly. And you know, I learned another lesson too. People can be prickly as well. People can be prickly. Like, we want to love people. There's people in our life, like, we want to be their friend. We want there to at least be peace between us. But they're prickly. And when you try to get close, you get, well, pricked. That's why I love what uh, God tells us in, in Romans 12. I love this. In Romans 12, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church. He says this. He says, if it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I, I, love this, I love this verse, right? First off, it teaches us we should desire to live at peace with everybody. As followers of Christ, we are called to be peacemakers, not peacetakers. Our desire should be to live at peace with every single person in our life. But why I love this verse is that, could, did you catch the first part? If it is possible, as far as it depends <laughs> on you. What, what is, what is uh, God telling us here? Some people are just impossible. Some people, it is just going to be impossible for there to be mutual peace between us and them. We pursue peace. We desire peace. But he's saying, in some cases, there's just going to be people who make it impossible to have Peace in your relationship with them. Let me just ask you this question this morning. Anybody have a difficult person in their life that comes to mind right now? Now, if you're sitting next to that person, do not raise your hand, okay? And if you're sitting there going, you know what, no, I don't really have a difficult person. I've never really had a difficult person in my life. Well, you're probably the... Di- all right, we'll just move on. We'll just move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, let's be honest for a second. All of us can be difficult people at times. All of us can be difficult. All of us have our moments where we're difficult and we don't pursue peace and desire peace the way we should. But this morning, I'm talking about those especially extra difficult people in our life. How do we deal with With those extra difficult people in our life. Let me just give you a few kinds of difficult people in in our lives. It might be the drainer, okay? The drainer. The drainer is the kind of person like um, you start talking to them and you're in a good mood and you're happy and you're positive, but by the end of that conversation, you don't maybe necessarily even know why, you walk away and you feel terrible. You're drained. Maybe you know someone like that who drains you. So you try to avoid them because they drain you. Then there's the, the complainer. This is the person who's always negative. They're always complaining about something in life. They're cynical. They're bitter. This is the complainer. They, they don't want to take responsibility for their own life. They're always pointing fingers. It's always someone else's fault. Maybe you know somebody like that. And then this is the worst of them. One you really have to be careful with, and that's the shamer. The shamer. This is the person who just wants to make you feel bad. This is the person who just wants to bring you down a notch. For whatever reason, they just want to bring you down, okay? And, and, and so they'll make fun of you. They might make fun of your, the way you dress or something you said, but they'll find something to bring you down. They like to play mind games, They use passive aggressiveness just to make you feel, to get in a jab. Uh, This person is kind of the bully. They they just like to bring others down. Maybe you know somebody like this. These these are those extra difficult people in in our lives. And you know if you have an extra difficult person in your life. Because you you actually feel it physically, right? Like when you're around this person or know this person is coming, your blood pressure starts to rise. You'll even hide if you can to, to avoid this person at all costs. Uh, I mean, if there's like room in the refrigerator and you can get in there, you will try to make a way, right? Is there room under the chair? I will hide to avoid from this person. You know if you have that difficult person in your life. Some of you even lose sleep because of that difficult person in your life. And, you know, Christian counselors would even tell you, if you have a person like this in your life, uh, who causes those kinds of effects, it, it, it actually can be very healthy and right to avoid that person at all costs. There's nothing wrong with that. However, let's be honest, oftentimes we can't avoid these people in our life. We're often in a situation where we have to be around these people. It might be a person at work. It, it might be a person at school. And, and it might even be a person in your family. Some of you with COVID and everything, you were, you were glad you didn't have to go spend Thanksgiving dinner, right, with, with, with Uncle Shamer and Aunt Complainer. You were actually glad, right, that you got to stay, you know, home, okay? Because some of these people in our life, we just can't avoid them. They're going to be uh, in, in, in our lives. And so the question is, what do we do about that? What do you do when you have an extra difficult person in your life? That's what I want to talk about this, this morning. And I'm just going to, we're going to look at three things the Bible teaches us. What do we do when we have an extra difficult person in, in, in our life? Well, here's the first thing we got to do. We got to develop a thick skin. <laughs> it's honestly where it starts. You've got to develop a thick skin. We live in a culture today where everyone is so easily offended. You notice this? where everyone is so extra sensitive. You know, somebody says something, you know, uh, on the news, or someone, even sports, and before you know it, Twitter and Facebook and social media is blowing up because of this comment. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, If something is said and it's, uh, you know, it's not right, then people should stand up and people should speak out against that. But nowadays, it looks, it, it seems like we're, looking for things to get offended about. We're looking for things to get upset about. And I want to speak to you young people for just a second. You're kind of growing up in this culture. Don't be like that. You don't want to be one of those people looking for things to get offended by, looking for things to get upset by, because if you do, I'm telling you, life is going to be miserable for you. It's going to be miserable. This is what the Bible says. This is from Proverbs 19, 11. It says, sensible people control their temper. They don't get easily offended. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Some translations say it's to their glory to overlook a wrong, to overlook an offense. You realize that? that the way God looks at you, he actually says it's a respectable thing when you don't get easily offended and you just let it go. Culture might not say that, but God says that. Uh, look at Proverbs 12, 16. It says, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Fools show their annoyance at once. They get upset. They're easily offended. They let everybody know about it, but the prudent actually overlook. They let it go. So you gotta, we got to learn how to have a thick skin when it comes to dealing with difficult people, because the reality is there's going to be difficult people in our lives. There's going to be difficult people in this world. I was talking to my, one of my kids um, a while back, and, and they had a difficult person in their life, and they didn't know what to do about it. And so um, I, 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 I had heard my mentor say something. My mentor said that, uh, you know, you want to be like a watermelon. This is what I told my kids. You want to be like a watermelon. What is a watermelon? Watermelon's hard on the outside, but soft and sweet on the inside. So you want to be like a watermelon. So you don't want to be like an apple. You, you know, an apple gets bruised and it like rots halfway through the apple. Or you don't want to be like a strawberry. You drop a strawberry, you accidentally step on it, what, juice everywhere, just absolutely crushed. You want to be like a a watermelon. You want to be hard on the outside, but you want to be soft and sweet on the inside. Some people, the problem is they become just hard. Life makes them hard. They're they're hard all the way through. And so these people tend to be grumpy. They tend to be maybe bitter. And um, these people uh, can end up becoming difficult people. They lose their compassion and their empathy for others. Uh, Some people, though, become overly soft and... uh, you know, these people are just easily offended about everything. They get upset about everything. Uh, they don't have the hard shell to deal with the problem and deal with it head on. Uh, and so what they tend to do is uh, maybe even do things passive-aggressively or maybe they start gossiping. They don't want to deal with the person, so they start gossiping and spreading things behind that person's back or whatever it, the situation is. And let me just say, here at Edinburgh Church, let's let this be a gossip-free church. Amen? Let's let this be a gossip-free church. If you've got a problem with someone, learn to go directly to that person. But if we don't have a thick skin, we're probably not going to do that. We're probably not going to know how to do that. So you say, how do I do that? How do I become like the watermelon, thick skin but soft and sweet on the inside? You know, compassionate, uh, empathetic, uh, but still thick skinned. Uh, I would say a couple things. First, pray. <laughs> pray for that. Ask God to help you do that. It really is something we see in Christ. Jesus was offended by so many people. No one experienced the offense that Jesus experienced. But Jesus never lost his love. He never lost his ability to be sensitive and compassionate to the one. And, uh, and so um, let's, let's pray for that. Ask God to help us do that. But here's the second thing I've learned Realize that everybody's fighting a battle. That difficult person in your life, you might not know what it is, you might not see it, but they are fighting some kind of battle that you are not aware of. Could be something going on in their marriage, could be something going on in their family, could be something going on with their kids, finances, maybe their health. You, you might not, but I've learned everyone is fighting some kind of battle. That doesn't make what they're doing right, but it helps give you some perspective and some understanding so that you can be slow to annoyance and anger and that you can control your temper with that person. The first thing we've got to do is we've got to develop a thick skin. But here's the second thing we've got to do, and this is where it gets hard. You've got to forgive that person. You've got to practice forgiveness. Paul says this in Ephesians 4.32. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Uh, do you hear what uh, the Apostle Paul is telling us here? God, God forgave us in Christ, therefore we need to be like that. We need to be those who, who forgive it, forgive others, practice forgiving others. I was thinking about it this week. Um, I, I saw that I needed to, to change the oil in my car because you're supposed to change the oil in your car every 10,000 miles, right? 3,000 miles. I was just trying to see if you guys are still with me. The sad part is some of you were like, yeah, every 10,000 miles. <laughs> see, here's what's going to happen. If you change your, your, you know, your oil every 10,000 miles, what's going to happen you might have a great engine. You might, all the parts might be in place. Everything might be there that you need for that engine to function. But if you don't have oil, your engine is eventually going to break down. And in the same way, if we don't have grace for one another and if we don't forgive one another, guess what's going to happen? Our relationships will break down. Your marriage will break down. Your family will break down. A church will break down. Society will break down. Yeah, and we're seeing it's pretty broken. We, we have to learn and practice grace and forgiveness for one another. We really do. Now, I, I know this. I know some of you in here have been really hurt by somebody. And... I just just want to say as your pastor who loves you, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I know God is sorry that that happened to you, okay? But God would also tell you it's important for you to forgive that person. And here is why. When you don't forgive, the person you are really hurting is yourself. You know, it's like drinking poison and thinking you're going to hurt the other person. When you hold on to that anger and you hold on to that resentment and you hold on to that grudge, the only person you end up hurting is yourself. And so God would say, let it go. Let that anger go. Let that resentment go. Let that grudge go. Turn it over to me. Some of you, maybe you do that today. Maybe you hear this message, you actually do that, and you're going to be as light as a feather, and that's what I want for you, because you've been holding onto to that, and it's been killing you from the inside. Now, let me say two things about this, okay? Just because we forgive somebody does not mean we have to trust that person. There is a difference between forgiveness and trust. Trust has to be earned. Trust has to be earned back. Okay? So there is a difference between trust and forgiveness. In fact, in some cases, you need to put boundaries up with that person. In some cases, you need to cut that person out of your life because they are so toxic. But your responsibility is still to forgive them, to let that go. And the thing, second thing I would say about this is don't forget that our God is a God of justice. He knows what happened to you. He cares. He doesn't just sweep it under the rug. You need to know that. He doesn't just take your hurt and, and just sweep it on the rug and treat it like it's no big deal. God is aware. He's a God of justice. and it, that, it, Punishment for that will be paid out. You should know that. It's either going to be paid out in Jesus on the cross because that person is going to ask God for forgiveness and ask Christ to be their sacrifice for that sin, or it's going to be paid out in that person on the day of judgment. I want you to know, God does not just sweep it under the rug. He is a just God. He loves you. He cares for you. And you can trust him. You can trust him to be just. Your job is to let it go and let God be God. And you do what God asks you to do, which is to let that anger, that bitterness, and that resentment go. So we, we, we forgive. Maybe there's someone today you need to forgive, and you just need to let it go, and by the way, um, I have something I do every once in a while, I call it forgiveness, I I call it my forgiveness day, every once in a while I'll do this thing where, because you know, you get little things that build up over time, it's nothing major, it's nothing big, it's just those little things, Uh, what I will do is I'll have a day where I just, I let all those little things that were weighing on me, I didn't even realize they were weighing on me, I just let it go, I just, I kind of do this thing where I'm holding on, and I just, God, it's yours, all those little things, and I get over, and I just feel lighter. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be light. I want you to leave here today having let those things go. I know that's what God wants for you. Okay, so we forgive them, but last, and this is, now we're going to take it a step further. But we pray for them. We don't just forgive. Now we we pray for that person. Um, do you? Do you realize that there's someone in the Bible who models this for us? Who is that? Who models praying for even his enemies, okay? If you're newer to this whole church thing, just say Jesus, okay? Because like 90% of the time, that's the right answer in church, okay? It's Jesus. Jesus models this for us. When Jesus was at Calvary, when he's been nailed to a cross, surrounded by his enemies, Look at the amazing prayer Jesus prays. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. This is his prayer for us. Now, this this is amazing, okay, because he's surrounded by vicious wolves, and, and yet Jesus is praying that God the Father would forgive them their sin. Forgive them for putting him on the cross. And, and here's what's remarkable about that some of those people that are there who are responsible for putting him on the cross are going to come to their senses, become followers of Christ, and become a friend of Jesus. Did you know that? I don't have time to get into some of these stories, but you have like Joseph of Arimathea, who we're told was a part of the illegal council that voted to have Jesus crucified. He's going to have Jesus crucified, come to his senses, and he's going to be the one saying, no, I'm going to publicly honor this man. What we did was wrong. And he's the one that gives the tomb to let Jesus be buried in. Jesus prays this prayer, and his enemies become his friends. Some of them do. Do you realize that when we read the Bible and we read about what happened at the cross, you and I are supposed to see ourselves there? We're all responsible for putting Jesus on the cross. That's why you remember the story, uh, the the movie The Passion came out so many years ago. Mel Gibson was the director. There's a scene where where Jesus is, is having the nail hammered through his hand. It's actually Mel Gibson bringing the hammer down because Mel Gibson understood something. We all are responsible for nailing Jesus to the cross. Our sin, our rebellion. We are all the ones who were there, his enemies, putting him on the cross. And what does he do? Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And here many of us are today. Here many of us are loving this Jesus. We move from being an enemy to being a friend. Do you believe? That God could take that difficult person in your life and turn them into a friend? (laughs) At least an acquaintance that you somewhat like? Or at least someone there's just some peace with? Do you believe God could do that for you? I'm curious. Do you believe that? If you were to pray for that person. Uh, I worked with the guy, this was many years ago, he was the bully type, he was the shamer type, and I struggled with this guy, in fact, it got to the point where I was driving into work, and I told God, if he says one more thing to me, I'm quitting, and I was totally prepared to quit my job, and I'm driving into work, praying to God, like, letting him know, like, I was telling God, like, I am quitting, I'm out if this guy says anything, I can't handle this guy, anymore. And I just had that, this prompting. I talked about that last week. These like Holy Spirit promptings. I got one. God just said pray for him. So I started praying. I was just like, and I knew what God was asking me to do. He was like, it wasn't just like pray about the situation. It was actually pray for him. Recognize that there's some battle in his life and pray for him. So I'm driving and I'm just like, oh God, you know, bless him and Don't let anything terrible happen to him. You know, I mean, it's just, God's like, you can do better. And so I actually started praying for Rahan. I actually started praying for this man. I just prayed, God, would you, would you, I don't know what's going on in his family. I don't know what's going on in his marriage. I don't know what's going on in his life, but you do. And I just, will you meet that need. And will he know that it's from you? He wasn't a believer, and so I was praying, will he know it's for you? And maybe would you lead Rahan into a relationship with you. God, could, could you do that? And it was hard. It was hard, but I prayed that prayer. Okay, friends, I would not tell you these stories if the, these, these miraculous stories were not true. I walked into work that day, and uh, I hear Rehan from across the room, hey, Brent. He had never greeted me before. We had never had a friendly relationship before, and so I go over there, and all of a sudden, he's like asking me questions about my life and my week, and we're talking, And over the next several weeks, he started really opening up to me. He started telling me about things that were going on in his life, deep things that he hadn't told anyone else. I mean, things some guilt. I found out there was a pain. There was a guilt that he was carrying around with him. It gave me an opportunity to share Jesus with this man. And I'm not going to say he wasn't still prickly from time to time, but I liked all of a sudden having this working relationship with Rayon, friends, that, that was a, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. And I tell you this because God deserves credit. God deserves glory. He deserves When he does it, to, and he's done that more than once in my life. And I just wonder, do you believe he could do that in your life? And maybe if you prayed for that difficult person in your life, he could bring peace between you and that person. Now listen, I know it doesn't always work that way, and I know there's not always going to be peace, but that's where Jesus says just, just keep, stay humble, forgive them, and keep praying. Don't give up praying for that person. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, this week as I was preparing this message, like I really was struggling with how to end it. <laughs> It's just like God wasn't giving me anything to like just say. It's like, okay, we need to forgive. We need to pray. And it's interesting, like right before I came out here, it was like during the worship, like right before we started, kicked off the service, God was just telling me that what we needed to hear was that we need to, to do these things, to do this, right? Because this, this is hard stuff. We need Christ. Anybody need a little more Christ <laughs> in them this morning? I know I do. I, to, to live like this, to do this. Friends, it really is impossible if we try to do this in our own strength. If we try to do this ourselves, we're probably going to fail over and over and over. But what would happen if we took Christ into our lives? Maybe afresh this morning. Again, received him. Received what he did. Remembered that we were the difficult ones. We were the enemies. And that Jesus loved us and prayed for us and forgave us and brought us into something absolutely amazing. His enemies. Became his friends. What if we were to take Christ into in ourselves so that we could live like this? And here's what I want to say if you will do that, if you will humble yourself before God, if you will live like Christ, like real Christians. I believe this, God will smile upon you. You will have his countenance upon your life. And friends, you have a God who loves you and who will fight your battles for you. Do you believe him to do that? Do you trust him to do that for you? Your job is to stay humble, to forgive And to pray, you leave the rest to God knowing I have a God who will fight my battles for me. That's who our God is. Let's receive Christ into our lives this morning so that we can be more like him. And let's live like he did. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example we have in Christ. And and thank you that it's more than just an example that there's a power, that there's a spirit that comes from Jesus that we can receive into ourselves this morning because some of us are going to struggle to forgive. Some of us are going to definitely struggle to pray for an enemy in our life or that difficult person in our life. And so I just want to ask right now, God, would you just fill us afresh with the spirit of Christ? Just from the inside out, fill us with that spirit. God, maybe you need to speak something into our heart this morning. Maybe you need to to tell us something. Maybe you need to put a person on our heart or our mind that we weren't even thinking of so that we can pray for them. But God, can we be more like you? Will you help us as a church? Because the world needs the church. They need real, legitimate Christians who stand out and are different and are humble and forgive and love and do good. Even when it's hard, help us to be like that Jesus. And would Edinburgh model that? Every single one of us, God, by your power, by your spirit. Empower us to be like Christ. to be the light you've called us to be. To be good to those who are hurting. To love those who are hard to love. And may you receive the glory when people see your people. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.